guys, Jack here. Thanks for tuning in. It looks like Zach and I are both in New York City, and it's going to be the last time that's the case for a while. And we were looking to have a Just Hands meetup slash home game uh, sometime in the next two weeks. More specifically, August 15th or 17th, uh, likely in the evening or at night. If you're interested in playing this game, just go ahead and email me at jack at justhandspoker.com, and I'll give you more details. All right, guys. Thanks, and enjoy this week's episode. Hey, Jack. Hey, Zach. What's up? In Shaker Heights. Really uh, like this this place. How about yourself? Uh, I'm in the state of New York. <laughs> this bit's not going over as well as the first time we tried to record it, but we've got podcast guest number one. Not the first one we've had, but the one we've had the most. John Metz. Uh, welcome back on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Our pleasure. Uh, so, John, here you got a hand for us. Yeah, uh, this was a hand from a 2-5 game at the Jack Casino here in Cleveland. Uh, it was a pretty average game. No, like, huge spots, but also really only one other player I viewed as winning at the table. Uh, he's actually one of the villains in the hand, and also a former podcast guest uh dave mills okay shout, shout out, out to dave, dave. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah we're seven-handed um and kind of the only like game flow or kind of dynamic thing going on is this european recreational semi-regular is has lost a few significant pots and may potentially be on the verge of tilting this is the french guy this is the french guy oh yeah yeah he's moved with two five now What's that? Yeah, he plays 2 5 every once in a while. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're seven handed. I'm in the low jack with King of, King of Clubs, Jack of Hearts. Um, and it's already, like, pretty on the cusp of, like, the bottom of my opening range. But I think just, you know, given my post flop skill edge, I think we can be opening this profitably, even from early ish position. Sorry, what'd you have again? King of Clubs, Jack of Hearts in the low jack. Okay. So UTG won. Yeah, I, th- I think this is definitely an open. Like, if the game was, like, absolutely crazy and, like, a ton of super aggressive three betting and stuff, like, I could advocate a fold. But, like, I think, you know, anything but opening here, given what you've said, would be a mistake. Yeah. No, I yeah. agree. I wouldn't open King 10 offsuit, but I think King Jack offsuit is cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I would even consider King 10. Yeah, King 10's like probably the absolute bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah. I'm just, I guess I'm just not playing in games these days where like pots get taken down pre flop. So. Oh, yeah. There's definitely not a lot of three betting going on in this game. So, yeah, I'm not overly concerned about that or anything. Okay, awesome. Um, so, yeah, I raised to 20. Uh, the European regular calls in the cutoff. Um, and it folds to the big blind who, uh, as mentioned, is a, you know, smart thinking, uh, I guess I'd call him semi-professional. I mean, he's definitely make, he's definitely like crushing one, three, beating two, five. He's someone I view as like very smart and thinking, but, and understands, you know, how to maximally exploit recreational players, but maybe doesn't have a good idea or as good idea what, like, a balanced strategy looks like and, like, how to play against higher-level thinking players. 
Which player is this? This is Donkey Kong. Dave Mills. Okay, yeah. Oh, in bro, the big bro, give my boy some more credit here. I mean, he's he's a crusher, but yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. just think you know maybe he's a little bit unbalanced in some spots and just like doesn't have. It's a little unbalanced in some spots, and you're just gonna shit all over him like that. <laughs> no, I I really <laughs> don't think so. Him. Like, he's like the one. He's like probably the one player at the table. I'm like not excited to be in a pot against. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's more. And then like there's a. Uh... Did you describe the cutoff at all? Uh, yeah. So he's generally like too loose pre and pretty passive and straightforward post. But, you know, given the fact that he's tilting, I think he's even loose, like can splash around more pre-flop and like has, you know, probably is going to be calling down lighter and like has some like, there's some spaz factor where he's just going to kind of like decide to go for like a pot and make like a ridiculous buff. Like he's, he's just kind of like erratic when he's tilting. Not, not that yeah. he's like reached this point yet, but he's definitely like on the verge, just kind of based on body language and general demeanor. Like, at do, the table. do I know this guy? This is Frenchie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Frenchie. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've played oh, with this guy a number of times. I would, I would say he's like, has a tendency to overvalue some hands, but also like he will make like a big bowl. I've seen him make like, Oh yeah. Maybe not big he'll, folds, he'll but like, the, no. Yeah, for sure. For sure, I think he's generally overfolding, but like maybe in this in this state right now, maybe that's not the case. Yeah, but he might overvalue something like an overpair. Yeah, for sure, he could. I mean, I also think like he'd be three betting a lot of his would be over like his bigger pairs pre flop, but yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think he's like gonna have an overpair on most boards. Yeah, pre flop. Yeah, no, I see. Yeah, yeah, no, but I I agree. Um. So yeah, we see the flop, or should, should move it on flop? We good? Or yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So we see ace of clubs, queen of clubs, six of hearts, uh, and it checks to me. And I kind of can go either way with betting here. I just des- I decide to bet because uh, my range is doing really well on this board. You know, we have all the aces, all the queens, sixes. We have you know more ace queen. Um. Than any of my opponent, than any of the opponents. Uh, we've got the backdoor club draw, and I think having a jack blocker is kind of nice because we're blocking ace jack, which is like one of the most likely hands, you know, that we're gonna uh, get action from, I guess. Um, so I bet thirty. Yeah, it's a hand that's gonna be tricky to get to fold. At, yeah. at any point. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of your best bluffing candidates. You also have the king of clubs, yeah, right? Correct. So you have the backdoor not flush draw. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I can I could see an argument for checking if you really felt that Frenchie's just gonna like absolutely station. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is definitely one of your best bluffing candidates. So if you're ever gonna be bluffing here, uh, you should you should be betting this this hand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so I bet thirty five, I believe, into like a little under sixty ish with the rake. Uh-huh. Um, and both players call. Okay. Um, in terms of sizing, I wouldn't mind going a little bit bigger, uh, just because like, I think, a, yeah, I, I just think against both these players, like when you have a value hand on like a board like this, you're going to be wanting to bet a little bit more. Yeah. But when I have a buff, I'm going to be wanting, I don't know. This is like kind of a standard sizing for me. I mean, when I, I'm going to be buffing this board a good amount too. Like I'm going to be seated betting this board, you know, 
relatively mm-hmm. frequently, so I think even, I want to choose. Even given this context with the... I mean, maybe not... Maybe less so with this context, but still, like, frequently. That's all I'm saying. I think maybe yeah. just, like, 45 or 50 and, like, balancing it with less bluffs. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, no, that's definitely valid. Has merit, but, you yeah, know. Very minor. Yeah, just, yeah, We're nitpicking here, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I gotcha. That's fair. Yeah. Um, we have a pretty significant range of man, so, yeah, I think you'd yeah, want to be seeing quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, that's my thinking. And so, so sorry, what was the sizing again? 35, 35 into like 56, 57. Okay. All right. Both call. We're headed to the turn. Yeah. Um, the turn <laughs> is a real, probably the most interesting card in the deck, the 10 of clubs. So we make Broadway and have the nut flush draw. And it checks to us. Dude, you have the straight flush draw. The royal flush And we draw. do have the royal flush draw. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, what do you guys think here? Cause I honestly think this is kind of, this is like a weird spot. I'm not totally sure what, uh, what's the effective stacks of both players. I've, you oh yeah, I didn't, that. I didn't mention that. I think I'm, I was started with like one K effective with, uh, Dave and then, uh, probably like six or 700 with Frenchie. Yeah. So like bet, bet calling is pretty awkward against both of them. Yeah. Like that was my thought. For sure. I also yes. think it's it's. I think it's a little ambitious to. Like, think I'm gonna get two more streets from Ace X. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> um. And even like, yeah, like I guess I was thinking like if I, if I bet here, Frenchie, I think is gonna be really tempted to fold Ace X, and he's like kind of who I'm concerned with getting value out of, and I just think the, the way to get the most value from him is just kind of a bet check bet. And, mm-hmm. you know, hope he gets sticky with whatever the... F- I mean, he, he has ace-x. He has probably some queen-x, too. Um, and, yeah, both players have, like, plenty of flushes in their range. And getting check raised really sucks. And I don't really need any protection at all. So, yeah, I decided to check. But I'm not 100% sold that that was correct. Mm-hmm. So I actually think that I would bet here. Like, getting raised... Definitely sucks, but we probably aren't getting raised that much because I don't think we're getting bluffed raised really at any kind of frequency, especially holding the king of clubs. Yeah. And, I mean, we're probably only getting raised by a flush, and all flushes might not even raise. And if someone has a flush, like, it sucks, we might have to, like, fold this hand or probably call and hope to, like, you know, bank and then get the stack in against, like, the jack clubs. But I think we are just missing too much value by not betting. A lot of ace-x hands will be two-pair. You know, Frenchie might have called with, like, king-queen, queen-jack, queen-ten, and might have a club. And so those are all hands that are going to call now and might not call if we check and he misses. Same with Dave. All those types of hands are possible. I actually, so I, I actually don't know if those hands are as possible with Dave. I think maybe yeah, a hand yeah, like, right. The, I think maybe queen, a hand like Jack Ten or King Ten with a club, maybe. Uh, but I don't think he. I mean, I, yeah, I don't think he's overcalling on the fall. No, he's probably not overcalling just a queen. But I, I think he does have like hands like Ace Ten, Ace Jack, for sure. Or like you know, if he's got, I don't know if he calls from a big line with Ace Nine with offsuit with the Ace or the Nine of Clubs. But that's not a hand that's super fun to fold here. 
Um, no. Not that I think he might because you know it was a shitty pair and a shitty draw, so I think it is a good fold. Mm. But I think even though you don't need protection, even though for balance purposes, like it would be nice to have some really strong hands in your checking range, and this is a good choice. I just still think you're missing too much value, especially since I don't think you're getting bluff raised, and I think you're going to be able to play. Like once you get raised, you basically you're up against a flush, and you you, you know what to do. Like even though it's not fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would just bet. I think I was I was inclined to to check, but Jack, I think you convinced me, especially thinking about the situation and that Dave is not going to be like over bluffing or even like doing a, you know really almost any bluffing here, given that Frenchie's behind and has flushes in his range. So well, like I think Dave's aware of the fact that like you know wait hold on, hold on. Dave, Dave's out of position, so if it go if I bet. Oh, Frenchy folds. Dave oh, I'm, probably can buff raise some. Although I still sorry, think he's so is, is Dave in the small blind? He called. Dave's in the or I think it's the big blind. Yeah, and Frenchy is in the cutoff, and I'm whatever no. low jack. Oh wow, I I mix I mix up the positions. I'm sorry. So it's it's Dave John Frenchy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like if I'm sitting in Dave's shoes and like, you know. I even have like the ten of clubs, and John bets like half pot, and Frenchie calls like. Well, the ten of clubs isn't an option. Oh, the ten of clubs came on the turn. On, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Never mind. So it's just jack of clubs. Yeah. Again, there's just not very many natural bluffs for Dave. No, and I don't. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's like. Yeah, it's it's hard to get to this spot with like a very natural bluff, and I don't think many players are inclined to turn ace-jack offsuit with the jack of clubs into a bluff, even though I think that's a pretty good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of players are probably just going to wait until they have like hands with the king of clubs to bluff, and I think that's reasonable. Like, yeah. If you're bluffing like a non-nut draw, that's, you know, that's tricky to do. So yeah, I, I think, think I, you might never be getting a bluff race. I, I which, think, yeah, which means you should be betting for value. I, I can get behind... Bet folding to a large raise is just like I think. Yeah, I just think we have to if we're going to be betting, we have to be folding. Which if we're you know have the assumptions like this that we're basically never getting bluff raised, then that's fine. Yeah, I guess my one just to kind of be devil's advocate. Uh, I mean, you guys mentioned like Ace X with a club, Queen X with a club as value targets. I just wonder like what's going to happen with like. You know, if I bet again and Frenchie has a hand like ace five suited or ace nine suited or like ace seven off or like just whatever, like just yeah. a non a non club hand, I just or a non a pair with a non with without a club. Uh and I think those are getting folded a lot and maybe I can extract more value by just checking and betting river. Yeah, against, I don't the, know. against those hands specifically, I think he I, has I, all these two pairs that maybe then the river kills the action for those hands where, you know... Yeah, no, that's that's true. Yeah. No, I think you guys pretty much sold me. Yeah, I don't think it's like a slam dunk bet, but I think it's definitely better than checking. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If if I'm Frenchy and I've resolved to fold the turn with like an ace-five suited, ace-nine suited type of hand, and then it comes like a blank on the river, and you bet, I don't know that I'm more inclined to call... Um, yeah, I guess it just, I Maybe he would, at the though. time I was thinking that line might look weaker to him, but I don't really have a great reason 
for that. So yeah, I, I, I that's a good point. I could see that, but I think that comes at the cost of potentially like missing a street of value from from either Dave or Frenchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't think Frenchy's going to be likely to check back that many hands you could get two streets of value from. Uh, one exception might be like hands like king, queen, queen, jack, that who knows, he's tilted, he's got a pair of plus draw, maybe he'll get sticky. Like, mm-hmm. uh, So I, I think the pair plus dry hands, you might be missing some on the turn, somebody on the turn from Frenchie, and I think you might be missing two streets from Dave uh, with some two pair hands or pair plus draw hands. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, so to the river then? Well, it, so it, played. it checks around. I was, play, I was played it checks around, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then we see the Ace of Hearts roll off on the river. And things get a little weird. Uh, Donkey Kong decides to overbet. He bets 200. Get him, Dave. 200 into what would have been like 160-ish? 161. Yeah, 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 160, so. So it's interesting because, I mean, I think Dave is basically repping ace-10 exactly or a flush, and we're blocking the not flush. Um, but there, Frenchie's also in this pot, so I... Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, it, there's the interesting... John and I were talking about this when we a home game last night. It's like... There's all these interesting spots where it's you're in multi-way pots with like you know variety of players and like generally if it's maybe like two better players and one weaker player you're gonna play pretty exploitably to exploit that player which leaves you open to you know like you know, like like if, if Frenchie's not on the pot and Dave overbets here like it's a snap call yeah it's a, for sure yeah <laughs> uh, but with him in the pot. It's it's definitely tougher, you know. It's like with French in the pot. Yeah, well, because I just think Dave is is more likely to be value heavy here. Yeah, I think. I mean, my thinking was that yeah, he probably thinks Frenchie is going to be like not sensitive or insensitive to price when he has an ace, which yeah. I think is yeah a fair assumption. <laughs> um, no. going or or like or that you might call with an ace too. But or more, yeah, more yeah, for Frenchie. yeah, yeah, more for Frenchie, but yeah, def- definitely. Um, yeah, he can target me as well. Um, Something else to note before you guys, you know, say whatever. <laughs> give, give me your thoughts. Uh, I was tanking for quite a while, and uh, Frenchie, like, is kind of, s- like, sitting there, like, not, you know, looking kind of pissed off. He has, like, one card in his hand. Or he has both cards in his hand, but, like, the other's covering it, and, like, he's just looking at one card, and he, then he shows it to his neighbor. So I'm, like, almost certain he has an ace in his hand. and I'm not, But I'm not... I think based on body language, he's planning on folding, but like, I'm nowhere near 100 percent or even like 75 percent confident in that. I think if he if he has all of that body language and stuff, and you call, I'm gonna be happy. Well, I'm yeah, he's gonna fold then, almost for yeah, sure. Yeah, but yeah. like, yeah. Okay. Well, that combinatorically makes an ace from Dave less likely. For sure. Yeah, man. I don't know. I think like you're at like the top of your range against a player that is capable of having some bluffs and like it is an overbet but it's not a huge overbet like you know you need to be right here 
what, around like 36, 37% of the time to make this a profitable uh, call? What, 200 to win 360? So, yeah, 35, 36, something like that. Yeah, so I, this is a tough spot. I Yeah, I'm, I just keep kind of going back between like the fact that like Dave's just probably not value heavy here and just trying to get max value from Frenchie with the ace. Like, yeah, that, I mean. It just seems to make a lot mm-hmm. of sense. Yeah, so. Com- combinatorically, it's like, you know, there's one ace left basically most yeah. of the time. So, so there's three ace tens well, and then whatever. Flush. I don't know exactly how many flushes, but I don't. I don't. Even, I don't know if he's overbetting. Like you think he's like that nutted. Like it's either you don't think he's. Yeah. I, I think maybe some jack. Well, the thing is, like you have the king of clubs, so like yeah. I, I think I think with but, his, with his jack high flush draws, he might do this sometimes, and then like that's it. You know, so you can, we can give him some combos of jack x of clubs, but mm-hmm. so I guess. I'll, I'll just throw in a couple things. One, like I actually I think French is showing the card changes things a lot. Mm-hmm. And sure. I'll tell you why I think that is that I actually think Dave could be going really thin for value here. I think Dave could easily be thinking that like the strongest hand you're likely to hold here, John is ace king. And if he's got an ace and Frenchie also called and you check the turn, like I think he definitely might consider it not super likely that you have ace king just based on the fact that he might be, holding an ace and that Frenchie could use be holding an ace and so there's not that many aces to go around. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he would think you would have a hand as strong as a straight. I don't think he would think that you would like check a set or two pair on the turn, which you probably wouldn't. Because I, I mean, I think you'd want that protection much more mm-hmm. so. Yeah, yeah, for, definitely. And same thing with like even a straight. Like if you didn't have the king of clubs. Yeah, I'd be betting. So... I think he could easily be thinking, like, okay, I've got ace-jack. I should just go for thin value from Frenchie. And, like, I bet Frenchie will pin me off with a worse ace. Yeah. Because I mean, Frenchie's not checking back anything stronger than two-parent turn. Yeah. So if, that, if he's going as thin as ace-jack, though, for this sizing, then he definitely also has, like, you know, more flushes. flushes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I do think he has low flushes. But okay. Let's, let's call. Let's call. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I still don't <laughs> well, know. Well, but then, but then when if you really think Frenchie's showing an ace and not something like the Jack of Clubs, uh, I mean, which is I, another card I, I think Frenchie would show and be like, man, why couldn't I hit my fucking royal flush? Like, I'm so unlucky. Yeah, uh, that's that's a card in my opinion that he would show. Uh, I'll, and it's one possible, other thing, but I think it's more likely that he's showing an ace. Yeah. One other thing is, does could Dave have King Jack here? King Jack with Jack of Clubs? Yeah, totally. Maybe. I think so. Yeah. 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 I that's think that's another hand who would overbet for sure. Mm-hmm. Thinking that you might have Ace-King too and he could get you to call. No, those are all, I mean, those are all good points. So you're advocating for a call then? I'm advocating for a call, but like, I think it's still close. Mm-hmm. It's also made better by the fact that like, if Frenchie's got Ace-Jack... Like, before you see Frenchie do anything, if Frenchie's got his jack, Frenchie's probably calling, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Assuming, well, I mean, if I call, I don't know if he is. Right, no, that's what I'm saying. If you called, would he overcall? Uh, it's, I really don't know. I just haven't played with, like, he's more likely to, given, like, he might be tilting, but, yeah, I think, like, normal nitty Frenchie, or, like, tight passive Frenchie would not be calling there, no. So it's, it's, it's tough to say. 
Maybe he calls okay. for half the time with his ace jacks. I feel like I really need to look at like the combinatorics. Yeah, now. no, like, I, I agree. Like, I mean, well, we, would be helpful. The thing that the thing that we really need to know here is, but before we factor in Frenchie, and I think honestly, I think Frenchie showing the card might turn this into a fold. Although, if he's showing the jack of clubs, then it's mixed. Uh, well, then it's then it's a call. Yeah. If, if, well, if, the club if, is the club is helpful, but the jack's not helpful. Yeah. If we if we had a better sense of like, is Dave calling out the big line with like nine six of clubs? I don't. I don't think so. Like. I don't think so, but it also wouldn't shock me. I think I mean, nine, nine, seven, nine seven, yeah, 100%, would def- like yeah. five seven, yeah, like all, probably most of his one gappers, yeah, and like you know, all connect well. Three probably, four. Uh, I really have. I I don't know. We'd have to ask the man himself. Yeah, I think once you see Frenchie show a card, it's probably either the ace or the jack of clubs, and I don't think either of those is that helpful for you. And the ace is pretty bad, I think. So I, I guess I would, if I had tanked and saw Frenchie do that, and also knew he was unlikely to put in money in the pot, then I would probably just fold. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. You're, you're, this. My instinct was to fold, and then after this conversation, I think it's close, but probably a call. But I definitely want to do a little bit of work here to like mm-hmm. be a little more sure of myself. But definitely a tough spot. Thanks for bringing this on, John. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> um, and well done, Dave. Put in, put in John in a tough spot. Yeah, yeah. Way yeah. to go, man. Um. So yeah, I basically ended. I mean, I kind of just decided. Or are we good for results? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I just thought Dave was like super value heavy here, uh, and maybe like never bluffing for this sizing. And yeah, I think that's decided, possible. Decided to fold. Um, didn't feel great about it. Dave did not. Sh- or Frenchie did show an ace and mucked as well. Uh, <laughs> and Dave didn't show. <laughs> man if dave was bluffing what a beast at and first he like he said he was he said he was bluffing initially which i wasn't like sure what to make of that <laughs> and then like later like after i you know kind of tried to i mean just like kept neck bugging him about it he like said he actually had a flush but i still don't really know what to make of that either yeah yeah i don't know i'm thinking i don't know he probably had well. One, he probably had a flush. If he said he had a flush to you later, yeah, and, probably. But when you both check on the on the turn, like the problem, the problem is like if he's in a bluff, he really has to think it's going to get through Frenchie. So yeah, and it's also just hard to think of hands he'd be bluffing with. I mean, I think like ten jack or or sorry, yeah, because it's. Wait, uh, yeah, 10 jack, king 10 with the club, like, those hands, or I guess he can't have king 10 with the club. Like, how many hands is he calling out of position, like, against two players on the flop? I mean, that's another thing, though, like, with his flush draws, you think he would have some sort of bluffing frequency, but maybe not. Yeah, I mean, I think he definitely does. Yeah. So... That's that's the thing of doing the kind of combinatorics work. It's like you know how likely is he to bluff these combos on the flop? Yeah, like, right. right, right. You know, yeah, but I I don't know. I think he might. On second thought, I think he might not really be bluff, like check raising any flush draws on the flop because uh, like 
I mean, his he range shouldn't, is he super cat. Check, yeah, yeah, he shouldn't be check raising this board very frequently at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, occasionally, check raise your, your, what was it, like, four, ace, queen, four? Ace, queen, six, I think. So, yeah. Like so, yeah, sixes. Six, sixes. Yeah, and then whatever. Some flush I mean, draws. A couple flush draws. You could check raise ace, six, like, for protection. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And maybe he's got ace, queen, but I think he's three-betting that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm at peace with the fold, personally, but... Yeah, I kind of am, too. I mean... Whatever, close spot. Nice thing with Donkey Kong. Wait, I'm I'm uh, I I am texting with Dave right now. He might tell me the results. <laughs> do you want Do you want Do you want to know the truth, John? Of course. <laughs> Just wait for it. We got the little ellipses going. Man, if he says he buffed me, I'm like just not gonna go play my session today. I'm gonna be too tilted. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! What do you say? He turned uh, eight nine suited into a bluff. Eight nine suited, so he flopped a gut shot. No, no that's not what no, he did. No, I'm had. just messing. <laughs> no, he didn't even flop a gut. He would have flopped like three to a, a fucking straight and like a. Back I mean, he had, he would have backdoors galore. Yeah, all the backdoors. <laughs> yeah, mostly like some of them to like the bottom end of like a like he would have eight nine. 10-jack-queen on, like, a 10-jack-queen ace board. He had a backdoor, I'm going to overbet, outplay John on the river draw. <laughs> is what he had. No, really, did he say? Or no? Um, um, oh, we're uh, still waiting. We're still waiting. Okay. I was just messing with you. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Got my hopes up. Oh, he actually said he doesn't really remember. It's tilting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for bringing on the hand, John. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Glad to, uh, good to talk through it with you guys. Yeah. Um, so you want to reflect a little bit on, uh, your World Series of Poker this summer? How, how, how did that go for you? What was the experience like? Uh, I mean, it was pretty surreal, you know, like seeing, you know, guys I've been watching since I was whatever, 12, 13, 14 years old on ESPN, you know, the Jason Merciers, the Daniel Negreanu's, I mean, it was just Cool seeing those guys. Cool to actually get to play a couple events. You know, results didn't go exactly uh, how I how I planned it out, how I envisioned it. But it was still uh, still really cool and fun, and uh, definitely planning going out next year. So, who are some of your like? Did you play with any of these notable players like at the table or? Uh, I'm trying to think. No, I mean not no superstars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, like, big names that I actually recognize. I know I played with, like, a couple, like, online crushers, particularly my monster stack at table. Uh, yeah, I did, like, I googled some party poker sponsored pro, uh, after the, after I got knocked out and found out he had, like, 4.5 million in online tournament winnings. It just, like, (laughs) felt a little out of my league for sure, but... Is this, is this the guy where you where you bluff with the best hand and he called you super light? Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bluffed with Ace High and it was good. So it was yeah. fun. So I think something our listeners might be interested in is like kind of what's it like to be like a pro at like a small room, you know? Where like, you know, you you play mainly 2-5, but you're still playing 1-3 sometimes, right? And like, mm-hmm. you know, there's the whole dynamic where like maybe the 2-5 player pool is 
the vast majority of the time, like 30 people, 20 something people. Yeah. Like what, what, how's it dealing with those dynamics, you know? Uh, it's actually kind of cool or kind of fun, I guess. I, I mean, I really like a lot the player pool is something like that. Like there are probably 20, maybe 30 regulars. Um, and honestly, most of them or the vast majority at least are, uh, just really good guys that I like, actually enjoy playing with. Like, the 2-5 game at the Jack is kind of like a home game almost. Um, <laughs> not, I mean, not nothing like what I played in last night, but uh, just, like, a little more relaxed and just, like, I don't know, not people that, like, I find, like, draining or just, like, unpleasant to be around, you know? Or at least not many of those people. Obviously, you have, you know, whatever type of person that is that just sucks the life out of everyone else. At the table, but, uh... Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's good. It, I mean, it kind of sucks because, you know, the game doesn't run every day. And, I mean, it's just really inconsistent. But, uh, you know, it's... When it has been running, it's been good. So, it's, uh... Yeah, it's cool. And it's just nice because, like, playing with the same players over and over again, I mean, you really kind of hone in on like their tendencies and like you know just like are able to adjust your strategy so you're able to maximally exploit them which is kind of fun and uh definitely not something you get to do at like you know because you know where you're playing with different people pretty much every day yeah absolutely i I find that to be really fun i experienced it to a lesser degree in Cleveland when I was living there for a few months. And I'm experiencing it again now in New York City. And the opposite of that for me was when Zach and I were on our trip and traveling across the country playing at a new place almost every day. And, yeah, it's really nice, like, building a rapport with people. And also, like, it's true. Like, the professional players are just better. And, you know, that doesn't... That, that gets magnified over time. It doesn't get reduced. It's not like you reach equilibrium. It's <laughs> uh, it's generally, I mean, you start explaining people more and more, and occasionally people will surprise you. They'll adjust, but then you quickly make that counter adjustment. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it makes playing more relaxing. You can put in longer sessions since you don't have to pay attention quite as deeply because you know how much people are playing already. So, yeah, in a lot of ways, I think it's really an an ideal setup. Now, that being said, rumors are you might be leaving Cleveland. Have you thought about changing scenes to try and, you know, advance your poker career? Yeah, definitely. Um, It's... uh... Yeah, I mean, you know, as far as No Limit Hold'em goes, there's only kind of so far you can go in Cleveland. I mean, at least if you're looking to, like, really make, you know, a decent living. (laughs) PLO is a different story, but, yeah, I'm not uh, going down that road, at least right now. So, yeah, I'm very likely going to be moving, you know, either to D.C., uh, Florida, possibly L.A., possibly Philadelphia, um... Maybe, I don't know, it'd be tough because I really hate the heat, but possibly Vegas for like, you know, a few years or something. Um, And yeah, I'll be looking to make that move within probably the next year or two, 
And in the immediate short or in the short term, I'll very likely be moving to Pittsburgh uh, and living with my girlfriend and really taking some time to like uh, just focus on studying and improving my game, probably getting coaching, um, probably playing a lot more online. Um, Yeah, so looking forward to that. And that'll probably happen within hopefully the next couple months. Nice, man. Yeah, I know we talked a little bit about that in, in Vegas. Um, do you have any kind of clear thoughts about how you're going to approach the online studying and the, the grinding? Or uh, Probably not as clear as I should. I honest, I'm not a, a big planner or anything, anything close to that. So, uh, you know, I'm all about kind of just going with the flow and just, you know... Basically, not doing whatever I want, but I don't know. I like the freedom do that comes with poker. Yeah, I guess doing whatever I want. Uh, um, so no, not yet, but you know, I will start thinking about it. I've got to, so we'll see. Anything you guys recommend or any ideas? Yeah, I, I think we, I mean we've talked a little. Yeah, bit we talked a little about yeah. this, but basically, I, I, I'd say just like really do a lot of research into getting like a great coach. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've, I've paid a lot for coaching and like, especially when I was like first starting and playing more online and like, you know, I think that gave me the tools to be able to like then study even more effectively by myself. And like, even if it's like kind of expensive, like I would just, you know, ask a ton of people that have done stuff like this before post on forums, like really tap your personal network and just like try to find someone that won't just be like a great player, but also like a good guy or woman uh and you know a really good teacher and i think trying to get something where it's a staking deal is usually much better the few students i've taken on for equity it's always like a i always really prefer that type of relationship where it's like you know i'm texting with this person all the time calling this person all the time and like i don't feel like i'm like it's it's different than you know, the hourly thing, it's like, I know this guy's motivated and right. like the more that I help them, it works. And I just think when, when it's structured like that, the incentives are right. So some type of like sense. mentor staker yeah. person that well, just dude. like absolutely crushes. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Jack, what are you thinking? I'm just, I guess looking ahead at like the future of poker and what I believe poker will look like. And I think really like if you're, if you're up for this lifestyle, uh, the tournament lifestyle, I would think that's like a really valuable place to invest the resource of time to improve in that arena. Since I think tournament poker will continue to thrive. while like high stakes cash may not. Mm-hmm. No, that's so, makes sense. And I think you're absolutely right about tournaments. People want that big score, man. Yeah. And this is coming from someone who, d- who doesn't play any tournaments. <laughs> I, I do not play tournaments. Jack and I uh, were both really taken by the Thinking Poker episode with uh, Patrick, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great episode. And he just points out some of like the basic psychology that brings people back to poker and how like tournaments are really excellent creators of fish, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, since... You get this like exciting, like a certain percentage of the field is going to have like an exciting time and potentially like end up with life changing money, which often will be money that changes your life to playing 
more poker, playing more poker tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also really easy to confuse like success with skill, and you can have massive success, massive success in tournaments without much skill, just like in any other form of poker. But I just think tournaments are a little bit better at deluding people, and you know, it's it's a little bit of a dark look at it, but I think that's true. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the variance is just so much bigger. The fish are just drawing way more alive. Yeah. And I, that's also, like, from the perspective that you're you're a very experienced and skilled cash player. And, like, sure, I'm not saying, like, more study wouldn't be useful for cash, but, like, you're kind of hard, that's already, like, a skill that you're really confident in. And maybe you're really confident with your tournament game, but I would think, like, just knowing like how many hours you put into both of those things, yeah, it might be more useful. You might get more out of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then the other thing would be like, if you're in a period where you're playing a lot online, that, that could be useful for playing tournaments since it's it's easier to put in like high value hours of cash live than like high value hours of tournaments live. Uh, there's less travel. Uh, it's a lot more consistent. Uh, like, you're not going to want to... It's not going to be useful to, like, learn about tournaments to just start playing, like, a bunch of, like, $60 buy-ins, like, at the Jack. Of course uh, no. But haven't you played two of those this week? No, no, no. Those were online. Oh, those were online. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, right. I don't fucking play so, just play quicker. You can play more than one at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're excited to hear what you come up with. John, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks uh, Thanks again for having me. It was, it was a lot of fun. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely. I'm sure we will.